for Mothers. An audio medium unlike anything you've ever heard before. The pinnacle of sound experience. Jacked and canned. Featuring John Tessman and Colby Tyler. A place where you will get the information you crave. And hear about the topics that you love. Presented by themselves. Coming to you from the basement, bar, and the bedroom. Sponsored by no one. Jack and Cand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the sports roundtable of Jack and Can. John, before I kick it over to you for who's on top, I have to tell you something quick about how badly I just fucked up. So, Uh-oh. Johnny, Michelle, uh, Michelle texted me a little bit ago. So I, yeah. I went out to uh, I went out to lunch with our buddy Tony today while I was giving him money for uh, Nate's bachelor party which I know the audience is probably a little bit unfamiliar. So I'm going to kind of just skip past that. So I had lunch with him, which was expected. And then I brought the leftovers home. And for some reason I got hungry like two hours later. So I crushed the rest of the leftovers. And then while I was eating, uh, they were good. They were very good. And then while eating a sandwich just a few hours after that, because for some reason my metabolism is burning through everything today. I, uh, I'm eating a sandwich, and at the time, Michelle texts me, Woo, it's fajita night. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's fajita night, and I've forgotten. I've eaten three times. I'm fucked, man. She's coming home in, like, 45 minutes, and I have eaten three times already. I am not hungry at all, but I'm going to have to fake my way through this one because she definitely told me that Wednesday was going to be fajita night. I'm in, a, I'm in a real. And who's I'm in a the potatoes? Hopefully, her because <laughs> I'm here. I was gonna say because what would be cool is if you just make the fajitas. And yes, see, like, John, no. I don't know how to do that. I only know how to cook ground beef. I don't know how to cook whatever that steak is. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, you can make a ground beef fajita. That would be acceptable. But I don't have ground beef. All I have is whatever variety of steak she got, which I don't know what it is. She she had said it to me, and I, I honestly don't remember, nor had I heard of it prior to. So I don't know what style of steak we have, but we have some type of steak. And I all I know is I fucked up. I'm going to have like one fajita, and I'm so going to be like, thanks, babe. Tonight would be a... It would be a great night for me to just randomly show up and go, "What's up?" And then Michelle makes yeah, me actually, like, that would <laughs> that would take a lot of the pressure off me because she gets happy whenever you're around because John promotes joy and happiness. That and I love Michelle's cooking; she's freaking amazing. And plus, fajitas sound yeah. absolutely amazing. So yeah. Michelle would look at you like, "Colbs, you need to eat now." And I'd go, Colbs, you don't need to eat because I'm going to eat all your food. And you'd be like, yeah, John, you could eat my food. And it would be a little inside job. You wouldn't have to take one bite of anything and blame I it mean, on I me. I think I can make it through one <laughs> fajita. I think I can make it safely through one fajita. So I'll take one. And John, by the way, while I'm on that subject, she also got a piece of bread that's like bigger than it's probably about the size of my torso. 
And I don't know why she got this piece of bread, but it's here and she put it in the fridge and she goes, okay, well, hopefully John comes over soon. (laughs) Yeah. Why else did you buy the bread? If we don't know that John's coming over, why did you buy it? Because we're not going to eat all that bread. I will eat all the bread in one sitting because ladies and gentlemen, I absolutely love bread. Colbs, this is like a Jack and can show topic and I'll be super fast. Nope, I'm saving it for the Jack and Can right, show. Just right, remind me fair. of Panera Bread and Bread. To be oh. continued, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. We know how the Sports Roundtable episode kicks off. That's going to be who's on top. Combs, you're going to be excited of how fast this is because, yes, this is Jack and Can from the road yet again. We got the Yankees on top. We got the Guardians on top. And we got the Astros on top. National League, we got the Mets on top. We got the Cardinals on top. We got the Dodgers on top. Ladies and gentlemen, your fastest ever sports roundtable. Who's on top for baseball? Because Coles, we know he's a humongous baseball fan. No, Coles, there's a couple things that I want to talk about here real fast. Baseball topics. The Yankees have been on a pretty impressive slide. Last night, we had Donaldson come up to bat there, hit a dinger, a walk-off dinger. Not just a regular dinger, a grand dingler, which is a grand slam. A grand yeah, I had a feeling. Usually, if you include the word grand and then whatever you say after it, and you're referring to a home run, it's it's typically going to be a grand slam of variety. So, a walk off right there. That's the way to do it. The momentum are back on the Yankees side, but man, have they been getting pounced on by the media? The Yankees are still fine. I mean, they do need to be a little careful because last 10 games, I think they're like, what, three and seven? So they need to be careful because if you draw too well, many mean, negatives there. You say the media, John, but New York media is about as harsh as it gets. I mean, like you you saw it was like even going to a Jets game. The fans go there to hate <laughs> themselves. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Like the whole New York uh, dynamic dude. doesn't make any sense to me. They just all hate their own thing and blow up at – themselves it's like but what are you doing that's new york and that's another reason why xfl decided to steer away i have to plug xfl calls that's why i had to do it but baseball right back to that real fast right the new york fans yes they are rough but they're rough on the yankees and the mets they're loving the mets right now because the mets weren't really expected i mean yeah there were some expectations they had some great pitching going into the air no one really knew how their hitting was going to turn out but colbs the Mets are still hanging on, and they are excelling. And Coles, I just went to a Mets game. Man, that was awesome. The stadium was rocking. It was freaking packed. New York's feeling it, and it ain't just for the Yankees. So if the Yankees continue sliding, I don't know. The Mets might take over New York, and we can't let that happen. Okay, Yankees fans? So take it I mean, easy on the players. John, like at worst, that might be like a two-season thing. The Mets always are going to be – perpetually disappointing and the Yankees are always going to be over promising oh god did I lose you already see here's what happens John gets in the car and he starts going and he thinks everything's great and then as soon as he gets on a highway somewhere we all of a sudden don't see I mean like I see you slightly moving and smiling I think you might be back now are you back Johnny so this episode brought to you by T-Mobile 
T-Mobile no, coverage not. in every location. Well, I mean, I guess technically it kind of is. But <laughs> in fairness, you know what? I'm no, not really T-Mobile a is- defender of T-Mobile all the time, but I will say that uh, they they do – I can't blame them for these kind of mishaps because you're you're kind of in the middle of nowhere right now, I assume. Not really. I'm in the middle of the city. <laughs> it says full bars LT. Oh it yeah, I, actually now that you say that I see a building out of your the back of your car. Okay, yep, never mind. Yes. All right, well okay. Great job. That's what I'm saying. So dude, over to basketball real quick. I know that you said they're right, the New York Yankees fans, the New York Mets fans. Does that same yep. rule apply to Nets fans and to Knicks fans? Not to Nets fans. Oddly enough, the Nets fan base is pretty much exactly what it used to be when it was in New Jersey. Um, There was a little bit of the uh, Brooklyn-specific borough that did jump onto the Brooklyn Nets, but for the most part, the Knicks fans have stayed Knicks fans, and there really hasn't been a whole lot of shifting over to the Nets. Um, You've seen nationally that people have gravitated to the Nets as they had acquired KD and Kyrie, but for the most part, anybody local to the area – they were either a Knicks fan or they were a fan of somebody else anyway. So it's really not that big of a shift there. The Knicks get crushed like New York media. The Nets get crushed like a team that doesn't really pan out to be anything because ultimately, I mean, the Nets have not been around very long. I mean, granted, when they were in New Jersey, obviously, they had been around for a while, but they were always somewhat disappointing for the most part outside of a few good years. And then as they became the Brooklyn Nets. You might remember they kicked that off with uh, Darren Williams, KG, Paul Pierce, Brooke Lopez, yep, and uh, Joe Johnson. And uh, the five of them were like an eight seed because three of the guys were already too old and the other two were good, but not enough to like make them awesome. So, yeah, there, there was that version of the Nets, and then there was a downfall of the, that Nets, and then there became the KD Kyrie Nets that, honestly, I don't know that we've ever really seen anything from because neither one of them have been healthy at the same time and or want to play. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Well, I remember those days because those were the golden days for me watching a little bit of basketball because I'm like, hell yeah, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. They're gonna they're gonna bring a championship over there to the net. So of course, a non basketball fan, I was actually too. Yeah, no, the days. Heat knocked them out in round one. Yeah, but it had some excitement. It had no, some it excitement didn't. to it. No, to me it, it did. A, it was it was an ass whooping. I think it was a sweep. Ugh. Well, the roster had excitement to it, Colts. The ro- <laughs> I, Okay, I will give you that. The roster had excitement to it. It was kind of like that Orlando Magic team that had. Uh, Oh, God, what was it? Gilbert Arenas, Vince Carter, uh, Richard Lewis, Dwight Howard, and uh, Hito Turkoglu, I think was the starting five. And everybody was like, oh, my God, that team, myself included. And then they started playing, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, this doesn't work. Dude, well, the reason why I brought that up, that whole New York thing, is because, like I said before on – couple of different podcast episodes now. I'm really pushing for the Mets versus the Yankees in the World Series. So we're going to see if that happens. Culps, shifting over there to the Cardinals real fast. Yadier Molina, obviously still playing, and I mention him every week because I have to because the guy's a beast. All right? 
He's still doing it. Albert Pujols, recent hot streak, getting some RBIs, hitting two home runs in the game. So what the hell do I do earlier today? I type in Albert Pujols on Google, and I'm hoping that he does not retire at the end of this season because that's what he said before. And I was not the only person that was thinking that way. It turns out there are several other like-minded people like myself that did not want Pujols to retire and come back. Well, yeah, Pujols I mean, I'm shot sure him down. not alone there. I, there there's always going to be people that are clamoring for one more year of whatever the player is. It doesn't matter. There were people doing it for D-Wade, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be people that want to continue to watch them play. I, I'm probably doing that with Tom Brady. Like, in all seriousness, there's going to be a time when he will retire, and I'm going to be sitting here like, no, Brady, one more year. Give me one more. You know who's got a guaranteed two more years over there in a Lakers uniform announced today? LeBron James is staying with the Lakers organization. So, Coles, he won't be retiring, at least over the next two years. Anything to say on that? Honestly. Yeah, I seriously think LeBron's probably got about another five in him. And like I'm not joking when I say that. And we might see somewhat of a of a fall off, but it's not going to be precipitous in the way that you see with a lot of the top tier guys. Le- LeBron has done what a lot of stars used to do, where your inside game all of a sudden becomes less effective because you're older and can't move that way granted LeBron still can and he's powerful enough he can still get by 95% of the NBA on his way to the rim which nobody at his age has been able to do but he still has that but what he started doing because he doesn't want to do that all the time it hurts his body to do it he figured out the jump shot and now I mean he didn't shoot it quite like Steph Curry but I mean he he drops a lot of buckets from not at the rim and at this point, he's going to be able to continue playing exactly that way. And he's gotten really good at it to, to the point where you, you might see in, say, for example, five years, a version of LeBron that doesn't even go to the rim very often. Like he only goes when it's like game on the line kind of stuff and he knows he needs to go there. I wouldn't be shocked if LeBron plays for a little while longer. He takes incredible care of himself. He spends over a million dollars every year just on physical uh like different personal trainers, different physical things. And I'm sure that, you know, whatever he does from, and when I say medication, I don't mean like roids or anything that's illegal, but I mean, I'm sure that he's using things that are going to help his body heal as naturally as possible. LeBron does everything that it takes to keep his body as his weapon. And he's going to be able to continue to play for a very long time. If he truly wishes to, which I believe he does. And I, uh, I'm fine with him saying with the Lakers forward. You know, at this point, really, I think he's just he wants to be there until his kid gets drafted. And then wherever his kid goes, he's going. He wants to spend at least one year with his kid. But I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up spending it, you know, two or three. Is there any chance that his kids end up going over to the Lakers or they probably won't even have a draft pick in order to make that happen? Would they? Well, no. So here's the thing. Uh, well, yeah, a that, but B, I Bronny doesn't seem like he's supposed to be highly drafted. And really, the thing that I, yeah, uh, from what I hear, he's supposedly somewhere like he looks like he might be a second round pick, from what I've heard at least thus far. Granted, he's not wow. even at the level of he's about to get drafted. So I mean, there's still time for growth, but. He uh, the thing is, is that I think teams would actually way overreach to have him 
so that they could be the team that has LeBron and his son on their team for LeBron's, you know, final years. And obviously, I mean, if LeBron's still playing like he is now, it, it doesn't necessarily immediately make you a championship contender like it did a few years ago. But I mean, it it makes you pretty dead, dead damn dangerous. They're going to sell tickets, and that's for sure. And that's what it's all about is the money aspect. Yeah. I mean, John, I, I just want you to think about it this way. LeBron last year, if not for a couple of injuries along the way and that the season kind of played out at the end the way that it did, um, LeBron was literally one-tenth of a point away from being the league leader in points per game. He almost won the scoring title. Wow. He's He's 37 years old. He's going to be 38 in December. Like, like he he's not he's not falling off in the way that a lot. Like I hear it a lot that oh LeBron's falling off, and it's just because he can't drag shitty teams to the finals anymore. It's like, well, guys, he he can't play 72 games now. He can't play 75 game seasons. He can't play even 65s. Kind of pushing it. Like he's older and he's got a big body, and that that thing it's got to rest sometimes. So that's, I mean, that was half the reason why he wanted AD over there in the first place was somebody that could run the team when he's not there. And same with Russ. Let's get some younger guys in here. The problem is, is AD is also injured a lot. And Russell Westbrook is, well, his game doesn't work anymore. He's now past the age in which his game can work because he can't do all the same shit that he could do even five years ago. So and that, that was the entirety of, Russ's game. That that's really the problem with Russ. But John, you had told me before we started recording that right after who's on top, you wanted to dive into something very specific. And I've been waiting for you to bust it out here. And I'm over here talking about the Lakers. I got to talk a million NFL topics here. And instead we voided all of that because I wanted you to be able to bring up the thing that you wanted to bring up. So why don't you bring it up? Dude, I wanted to talk about a little bit of the fantasy football action. Ladies and gentlemen, Colbs caved. He caved. I got him for the first time ever. Colbs, by any chance, do you happen to have your phone near you where you can actually pull up the rosters in our combo league? The boys from Breaking Down the Tape, which, by the way, check them out. Zach and Hector and the whole crew, great guys. And also Colbs' other show, Nobody is Shiftier. Goddamn, Colbs, you are good. So, ladies and gents, quick plug for you, Colbs. If you want some serious sports talk conversation, you want some serious takes, you actually get a little bit of Colbs, a different style of Colbs on his show, Nobody is Shiftier. You literally have to check him out. I was listening to the podcast episode with another person that's not even well-versed in sports. They go, wow, that guy's voice. They're like, I like it. I'm like, damn. I said, I like it. And <laughs> they I didn't say anything about so, content itself. They just said, I have a nice voice. Well, and I was like, damn, I like it too. And I know him. So, ladies and gentlemen, go check out Colbs. Even yeah, if it's check just me for out his you voice. Hear my sweet, sweet voice. That's okay, Colbs. That's not a bad thing if people want to just tune in just for your voice. I mean, I'd like to think that they're that they're enjoying what I'm saying, not just that I'm saying it. It's it, it's like it's like the audio version of porn at that point. Like, yeah, no, oh, my, oh god. my god, I just listened to his voice and oh, oh. like wait, what? Like, li- listen to me because I got shit to say. Damn it! 
Exactly. So, Coles, you just plugged yourself. You set yourself up there. Listen to him. He's got the voice. He's got the content. Check out the show. Coles, by any chance, you got those rosters loaded up? Uh, I don't, but do you know yours? Because I know mine, and I'm not breaking down Zach's team, Hector's team, Braden's team, Jimmy's team. We don't oh, no, that's do all right. I wanted to give them a little plug in here so then they could tune into the episode afterwards and listen to it. Here's the deal. Coles, I'm happy with the team that I got. Drafted Dak Prescott. And that, I get see, it. You that texted was me the afterwards. One thing that I swear to God, John, because we all have loaded ass teams. You're the one team that's got the one major, very obvious flaw, and it's Dak Prescott. Outside of that, you nailed your team, and I'm not even telling you that you can't win because of it, because you do have a great team. But John, here there were so many quarterbacks still on the board when you took Dak. Here's the thing. So the reason why I took Dak. It's going to be interesting. Because you're a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. That, and I get it, right? Amari Cooper, he's gone. He's with the Browns organization. That might hurt a little bit because that was one of his favorite targets. But C.D. Lamb and Dax, going to get that connection going. Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, he's out right now, but he should be back in time for the regular season to kick off. They got some weapons over there. Dak threw for 37 touchdown passes. His name outside of a broadcast of a game live. Like, that's the first time I've heard (laughs) anybody utilize his name in an opinion-giving way. Well, because he's going to get massive targets this year. Just watch. Here's the thing. Dak threw for 37 touchdown passes last year. I think he might be throwing for 40 this year. I think he might be throwing for 32. Well, even if he... Throws for 32. It's not terrible. Dak, he's going to scramble this year. He's going to get it done. He's going to get me the fantasy points. I'm trying to plug him. Damn it, Colmes. Damn it. I'm trying I'm to plug I'm just telling him. you, it's the one thing that you, like, honestly, Kyler Murray's still sitting out there. Nobody has Kyler Murray in this league. That's an interesting one. Did anybody end up picking up Russell Wilson? Yeah, uh, Zach did. That was one that I was going to end up getting because I feel like Russell Wilson's going to have one of those seasons this year where he is just going to blow it the hell up. I've heard a lot of sports talk as of recent of kind of the separation between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, and it didn't sound like they had the most friendliest kind of relationship with each other. It was very professional, but Russ had a different style from what Pete was trying to push. Colbs, you as a Seahawks fan, you're going to know more than 99.9% of us that aren't Seahawks fans out there. I mean, did you really sense any true conflicts between the coaching style and the way Russ played? Like Russ was being held back. People are thinking Russ is going to lead the league. Like he's going to have a, I hate to call it a breakout year, but kind of. You see that? How much time we got? We got time. We got time. Right. We'll come back to fantasy later. Ladies and gentlemen, right. the main thing is Colbs has a fantasy team. That's all I wanted to point out. <laughs> he was so excited to tell that story. I, I I had to let him do it, but at the same time, I thought he was going to do more with that. To answer your question, John. We will later. That, <laughs> that has been very clear and evident for at least the last two seasons, if not longer. Uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll do not see eye to eye on how an offense should work in today's NFL. And granted, honestly, I side more so with Pete Carroll than I do with Russ because of one Whoa. thing. And I bring it I, I John, I bring it back to one thing, which is because we didn't have an offensive line that could let Russ sit back there because of that. 
we tried it two years ago. We tried letting it be Russ. Hey, let's go out there and throw the ball every time. We did it for two games. Why we stopped after two games, we were 0-2 and Russell Wilson already been sacked like 14 times. So we stopped doing it because the defense was keyed off. They were just going right after Russ, and he was getting hit hard regularly. So we had to keep handing the ball off. And then guess what? Right after that, John, I um, not to bring up a shitty memory, not that you do, but week three against Dallas, we end up winning. And then from there, we end up becoming a playoff team that year. Reason being is because we started handing the ball off. And the reason that we did that wasn't because we didn't want to let Russ run the offense. It was because Russell Wilson wasn't protected. And we were doing what we could to not have Russell Wilson take hits every damn play. So I agree with Pete Carroll in what the offensive scheming was. But at the same time, yes, I think Russell Wilson is plenty capable of being able to just sit in the in the shotgun like half the quarterbacks do in the NFL today and unload the ball at will. I think he's going to do it just fine in Denver. I think that they might be a little bit surprised that they might have to contribute some type of run game where they might not be thinking that going in. Because one thing about Russell Wilson as well is that he does hold on to the ball. He wants to create the play. And if it's not there right away or if he feels pressure somewhere, he's going to be moving. And when he's moving, he's not moving to run and get yards most of the time. He's just trying to open up pocket space to where he can operate and try to get the ball downfield, which is great. But it's a pain in the ass for offensive linemen. And it's it's something that can be counteracted by running the football. So I think that Denver will end up inevitably seeing, oh, shit, we're going to have to run the ball some. Because no offensive line can always protect what Russ wants to do with the ball. With that said, the reason that Seattle did that is because they also didn't even have a line to try to play that way. They tried it for two games. It didn't work. They bailed. So I'm not against what Seattle did in that decision-making. And also, by the way, I want to throw this out there. There are so many people in different threads, and I see this from uh, Braden from Noble Sports, part of Breaking Down the Tape Media. He's put out to me that there are people that are legitimately posing the question, what do you do when Russ takes the field? Because keep in mind, John, week one, Seattle goes to Denver and plays against Russ. So they they say as Seahawks fans, what do you do? Well, and so many people are saying, well, you cheer him before the game and then you boom as soon as he hits the field. And it's like, no, dude, no, this this guy brought us our only Super Bowl. He's the best yeah. quarterback in Seahawk history. I have a fucking action figure of this guy sitting on my dresser right now. Which, by the way, when you listen to Nobody is Shiftier later, John, you're going to find out I couldn't think of the word dresser because I just <laughs> managed to remember that right now, and I was calling it everything except that earlier. But, John, uh, this, person, <laughs> this person is hugely, hugely, not just like influential to the Seattle sports realm, but it's... This guy's a hero as far as I'm concerned because he brought me something that I never had in Seattle. In 2005, I was as close as I had ever gotten with Matt Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander on an MVP year, and we couldn't do it against Pittsburgh. I get it. The refs suck that game. You still you, you can't use that as an excuse. We lost that game. We went back years later with Russell Wilson. We won a Super Bowl. It was the best damn football feeling I've ever had in my life. I'm so happy that that happened. I will never boo that man. I don't care if he came out and said, you know what? Fuck Seattle. I hate that whole organization. I would say, you know what, Russ? That's fine. Thank you for the good times. I'm still going to keep the action figure. See, are they, is the Seattle fan base taking a page out of the New York Yankees 
the book no, and just give no. it unnecessary hate. Why the no, hate? Do you remember, Russell Wilson's do you remember a great what Cleveland guy. did when LeBron left? Oh, my God. That was rough. I remember seeing all the New York's the not the only place that does that. New York's not the only place that does that shit. They do it every day. They'll do it like after they found out that, you know, they're like whatever, that, that their quarterback went out and ate at a fast food restaurant. They'll be like, yeah, he clearly doesn't care about the game. Like they'll, they'll do that stuff. This is, this happens in every sport and in every town. When there's a player that leaves an organization, you will always have this kind of catchback. There's always going to be this. You're never going to just not have this happen to any Seattle fans out there. Appreciate what you had. Now it's gone. We move on. We move on to the yeah. next thing. And if you don't want to root for us, then don't root for us. But you boo him. That's shitty on you because the dude did a lot for you. Keep it in this corner here real quick. Um, their quarterback situation. Now, do you have somebody that you'd like to see one over the other? Has your thoughts kind of changed as the training camp has gone along and preseason has gone along? Are you favoring more towards Geno Smith or Drew Locke? I know you're about to probably say neither, Colbs, but do you think Drew Locke at least has a little bit of a chance to prove something? He is a little bit younger. I mean, people grow. People change. Colbs, look at us. When we were 21 years old, we were twerking out on the dance floor. Now, 31 years old. We could barely twerk on the dance. No, I'm pretty sure we could still twerk on the dance floor. So I guess nothing as much. Uh, nothing's really changed there, Colbs. But Drew Locke or Geno Smith, who you taking? All right, John. So first off, let me start with uh, Drew Locke. Just got COVID, so he uh, he will be out. Damn for it! At least this next week. But um, when I say that, here's <laughs> actually I, I got a little bit on this one as well. So John. I would prefer to see Drew Locke um, because I think Drew Locke at least has the kind of arm that can get the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on some of those yeah. deeper routes to where that that's what they're used to, yep. and especially with DK. That's what he kind of predicates his game on. Granted, I know the DK can do other things, but he really thrives in, I'm going to streak down the field, throw the ball that way, I will be there. That's what DK does best, and I think that Drew Locke has a better ability to get that ball to him. Granted, I don't think it makes them a better or worse team by any more than one game. I really think either way, this is going to, going to be a poor football team this year, and I'm fine with that. I've told you this. I am totally okay with it. I've accepted it. Uh, and, John, what I would highlight as the reason that this actually is going to go exactly that way Drew Locke looked pretty solid in the first preseason game. And then at the end of the game, 25-25, oh, we got a little bit of time left on the clock. Let's let's make a two-and-a-half-minute drill. Let's execute that. And uh, Drew Locke immediately gets hit from his backside. Ball comes out. Steelers get it. Steelers go win the game. So that's, that's what the Seahawks ceiling is this year, is that we can get close to the end, and then Drew Locke's going to put the ball on the ground, and we lose. And I'm okay with that. But I think as far as what's more entertaining, I think it's Drew Locke. What makes DK and Tyler uh, show their skill set better is going to be with Drew Locke. Not to tie in the fantasy thing that I barely even ended up doing with you, but I do have DK Metcalf on that team. So I would like to see DK get some of those deep balls from Drew Locke that Geno Smith can't throw. 
So I would prefer to see more Drew Locke. However, I do think I will see both of those quarterbacks this year. And it'll be fine either way because I am one year away from being able to have one of these kids coming out of the draft that can excite the hell out of me. Colbs, last topic I want to talk about here on the roundtable episode is the whole Cleveland Brown situation. And not just because of Deshaun Watson, it was just released, right? 11 game suspension, whatever. That is what it is. Everybody's already talking about that. What I want to talk to you about is from nobody is shiftier. I did not. <laughs> hitting a lot of topics here, buddy. Am I, are we hitting on a lot of your topics and nobody's shiftier? We, we are. <laughs> like, and I'm not. I'm not running this one. I've let you basically run this whole show. Damn, this is weird, ladies and gentlemen. I promise, we did not plan this, and no, I did not listen to nobody's shiftier today, and it's probably not even released yet. Not even out. So when John, you listen- or John, Zach hasn't even asked for the for the code yet to go get in there and take the audio. So no, he's definitely oh, damn. not. Yeah. All right, so fair enough, dude. But I don't want to talk about Deshaun Watson and the whole eleven game suspension. Everybody's talking about that. I want to talk about the quarterback situation over there. Also, the running back situation. Kareem Hunt still not locked down. That leaves Nick Chubb possibly as the one true running back in the backfield. There, I wonder you read if Nick Kareem Chubb, Hunt. Didn't you? Yeah, Nick Chubb. I end up picking him up. It's going to be yeah, interesting. I thought, I thought though, that was so- you that I saw that on. That that's a that was a big big time move, John. I I think you did good there. Hell yeah, man. So I ended up picking him up, and it's going to be interesting because without Kareem Hunt kind of backing him up and being that one-two punch, I wonder if it's going to hinder his performance a little bit, and everybody's going to cue down on Nick Chubb. We're going to see how that goes. Hopefully they can lock up Kareem Hunt to help him out. But if they don't, maybe it's just going to make Nick Chubb go more of a beast mode, going back to that Seattle reference there. Hey, Marshawn, which he just got in trouble. I saw his photo. We're not going to mention why. But anyways... <laughs> I mean, it's Dude. DUI. You know what's weird about this, John? I I heard we are going to mention why, and it's just because everybody's making it sound like this is the most thugged out thing that Marshawn Lynch has ever done, and I've heard them use no. the term thugged out, and I'm like, do you really? guys not know Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> like, Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> that man walks around, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, you, you don't want to mess around with Marshawn, and people are like, no, no, he's never done anything like this. And I'm like, all right, I guess technically I, I can't think of another time that he's been in legal issue trouble. But, I mean, let's be honest. We know that Marshawn Lynch, the man carries himself a certain way. We, we know that Marshawn Lynch, he, he ain't a guy that you want to go fucking around with. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think they call him beast mode, not just because of the football field, but because of his personality, too, because the dude is an absolute beast. But Dude, he is one of the freaking, funniest people that's never existed, too. I I like I swear, I, I would watch movies based around him. Like, if he was just set as a lead character in a movie, you can get me to theaters right then and there. I love Marshawn Lynch, man. And the days will probably come, because I could see him being an actor, too, and I would definitely tune in. But, dude, going back to that Nick Chubb point, He's going to be more of a, I don't know, like that, maybe that one true part of the offense over there in Cleveland without Deshaun Watson. You got Jacoby Brissett that's going to be stepping in. He's getting all sorts of hate. I don't know why. I thought he did pretty good when he was on the Colts there. I get it. Yeah, everybody's kind of calling him more of a backup quarterback. I think he's going to be able to hold down the fork, get him at least a, a couple of wins, and he might surprise some people too. But here's the deal. 
it looks like the Niners are trying to get rid of Jimmy G like completely. Like they're just done. Like I'm hearing all sorts of crazy things. The poor guy, they're basically like putting like freaking heat on Jimmy G's name right now, the 49ers organization, by just trying to get rid of him, trying to like shame his name. Like, oh, this is why we released him because he's a simple character. He's just a bad dude. Well, does Cleveland go out and go get Jimmy G and start him over Jacoby? I would think, hey, that's not a bad option, but I figured they would have already tried to make something happen unless people are just waiting for Jimmy G to just be cut entirely from the organization. Coles, what you thinking? Well, first off, I'm thinking that uh, I just talked about this about two hours ago while I did Nobody is Shifty. Oh and uh, <laughs> so here, here's my thought process, John. I'll run it through with you here. So give us the, here's the, give us the quick view so people can check you out on Nobody is Shifted because, ladies and gentlemen, you have yes, to. Give yes, us yes, the quick yes. One. I, I, I will do you, I would give you the quick one. If the nine, if the or uh, if the Browns go and get Jimmy G, the problem is is that now you played Jimmy G for let's say let's just say the suspension holds at eleven games. So let's just say at that point they're say for example six and five. Well now, what if they're even better? What if they're seven and four? What if they're eight and three? Well, now you don't want to get off the Jimmy G wagon because you've been hot all yeah. year. But at the same time, you just spent two hundred and thirty million dollars on this other guy. And here's the thing that sucks most is, you know, when you put him back in there, he's going to have to shake some rust off. We saw it in the first preseason game, John. Yeah, he he's rusty. He hasn't been out there in real game action in an NFL scenario. So you might be eight and three and then end up being nine and eight or eight and nine because your quarterback needs to get rid of some of the some of the rust. So that is just a scenario where I think that works out terribly. And then what do you do with Jimmy G once Deshaun comes back? Oh, shit, we're in a real predicament now. So I don't know what we do. And granted, John, I don't know what they would do either because you have to play Deshaun. You did not just spend $230 million on a guy to then say, ah, never mind. It doesn't work that way. So Jimmy G would just be a placeholder, but Jimmy G's not just a placeholder. So I think that would be a terrible move for Cleveland overall because you – you essentially get to start out on a probably pretty damn good start. And then what? Like, unless you come out right away and say, yep, Jimmy's just going to hold it down till Deshaun's back. And then when Deshaun comes back, you sit there and you eat it. Every loss that they take while Deshaun's shaking it off. But that's, that's the only way that that can work. Otherwise, what I think is that they should stick with Jacoby Brissett. And let's say that they're four and seven when Deshaun Watson's coming back. Well, now what's it matter if Deshaun's not really looking great for the rest of this year? Okay, cool. Worry about it next year. So, no, they need to stick with Jacoby Brissett. And so did the Jets, by the way, with Zach Wilson, because uh, I did bring this up on Nobody's Shift here as well. There's been talk with Zach Wilson going down that they might be going after Jimmy G, but here's the problem. Once again, once Zach Wilson's cleared to play, if you have Jimmy G playing, that basically says you just gave up on Zach Wilson. 
So you can't do that to a young quarterback. It's going to ruin his ego and it's going to ruin his confidence. He's, he's never going to become a great quarterback for your organization. So neither one of those teams should go out and get Jimmy. Jimmy's probably going to be stuck in San Fran for a little while longer unless, say, for example, New Orleans or Atlanta want him. And, John, I did make this note earlier as well, but I will share this one with you. It would be funny as hell if it ends up being Carolina that ends up getting him. Oh, my God. Oh, my freaking God. If Carolina gets him, I'd Just how funny would that be? They just have this carousel of quarterbacks, none of which are an elite quarterback, but they have all the – well, they could start, guys. I would be pissed because that would put P.J. Walker out of a job entirely. So he better not go there just because of that one reason. Uh, yeah, one but injury I could, away. I could see him going. Yeah, one injury away. Talking about Cleveland, Josh Rosen. That's what we can be hopeful for, Colbs. Josh Rosen can stick around there. Jacoby Brissett can play. Josh Rosen. Hey, man, if you're listening, dude, we've been fans of yours. Seriously, like, we both see it. You could do it. I know. It's weird. He's like, this is going to be, what, his fourth season in the NFL, and I'm still sitting here like, come on, Josh. Come on, Josh. Like I, He's only like 24 years old or 25 or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, he can't be older than like 26. I mean, that, that's got, that would be a cap on him is 26. So, All right, John, you ready to get out of this round table? Let's get on out of here, brother. Shut us down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to do the Jack and Can show, but in the meantime, this has been the sports roundtable of Jack and Can.